Welcome to the Align Professional Podcast. My name is Danielle Kent, and I am a mom, wife, and private practice SLP entrepreneur. This podcast empowers you, a busy therapist, to find your calling and become a leader. We will explore various topics that empower you to learn leadership skills, as well as talk with leaders in the field to learn how they got to where they are. Listen in as we talk about all things alignment and leadership, including productivity, scheduling, communication, and so much more. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. I hope you have such a great time listening to today's episode with my amazing friend and colleague, Leah Safran. She talks all about alignment, defining alignment, and also some great strategies for figuring out when you are and are not in alignment with something. I hope you have as much fun listening as I did recording the episode. Talk to you soon. everybody. Welcome to the Align Professional Podcast. I am so excited to have my amazing friend and colleague, Leah Safran, uh, with me today. I was going to say on, on the show today. <laughs> on the show. Hello. I'm so excited. Leah and I also do the podcast, Reframe Your Brain. So we are, we are, we love having fun on podcasts. So we actually have, a, we do have a time constraint today because I always promise the podcast will be 20 minutes or shorter. So we know we need <laughs> We know we have a time constraint because we could talk forever. But um, Leah, can you just provide a little short intro about yourself? <laughs> sure. Uh, a little short intro about myself. Well, um, I am a speech therapist and an <laughs> artist. And um, I, is that short enough? Do you want <laughs> Sorry. Um, I am working on being more focused during conversations. <laughs> Everyone should know that. I, um, lately I've been working with primarily people who use augmentative devices. And then I also have a private practice that is small, which is how I like it. Um, and I'm starting to look into doing maybe some venturing out and doing some other kinds of small workshops or group work. And I also just started massage school. There you go. The big, the big one. That's what you were waiting for. Massage school. I was going to just like gently bring it up and be like, so you also just started school for something. Yes. Sometimes it's hard to remember all the things. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of moving pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, will you just share a little bit? So with our podcast, Reframe Your Mm -hmm. Brain, you did a special, you've been so Leah's yeah. taken the reins and has been doing most of all the work for the podcast from your brain over the last several months, but she's also done something really unique and special. Can you just share a little bit about what you've been doing for the podcast? So with the podcast, um, I started just interviewing people, some SLPs, some people in fields sort of um, associated with SLPs, like audiology or education, um, and then just some regular people, um, just about how they were reframing anything in their lives currently during this, um, we started that maybe in April it, during the big, you know, COVID, um, the appearance, uh, the first time, the beginning of COVID. Um, but I kept doing it um, through the early summer because it was just so fascinating to hear people's conversations and reflections. And especially as time passed and it wasn't like this, you know, oh, you know, a couple of weeks and turn into a couple of months and then what that meant and for everybody in different ways. And I am going to start doing those again in the fall sometime. Um, I think the conversations I've been having with folks who are interested in being on the podcast really reflect 
what kind of shifting is happening in people's perspectives about reframing and change and uncertainty and you know how that shows up in their individual lives if they have children in schools or if they're working in certain settings and just how they're navigating that and it if nothing else it's a really fascinating time capsule um, but it's a really nice way to give others an opportunity to share their stories too because so many people really just want to you know share and talk and connect so there was something really interesting you and I had talked about in relationship to the podcast and your experience. And I don't think I'm going to restate it exactly correct. So let me, so repair it. Okay. You said it was interesting that people were feeling like the changes they were making were small or that they weren't really having to adapt in a large way. They would say, they would say things like this, well, it's kind of small, but I'm doing this. Or when really they were really in the grand scheme of things, they were living through a pandemic, surviving the pandemic and the really tough stages of it. But a lot of the messages you got where people were just kind of downplaying it. Like, it's not really a lot. It's not really a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that people, the people I talked with really recognized how significant those changes were. Um, and I can't think of an example right now, but a, a lot of things like um, how close you stood to someone if you went for a walk or, um, you know, if you, if you, you know, ran into someone that you hadn't seen in a long time, how you might greet them. A lot of, I think, the changes that I can think of have to do with kind of social interactions. And um, those, are, those are significant. You know, how we change our, our behavior around connecting with other people has such a ripple effect on our hypervigilance, but also how, how supported we feel. And there are other examples, I think, about daily life and grocery shopping or whatever but the it was interesting that folks didn't they were mentioning it so it must have been significant but in the same breath would say it's not a big deal yes and that was sort of a, I think maybe the observation that you're getting at yeah no it is that is it that is it um so on this podcast the line professional we talk a lot about alignment you and I have also talked a lot about alignment Mm -hmm. Um, so in, in, on, on Reframe Your Brain, we've also included it as well, that concept of alignment. Mm -hmm. So what does alignment mean to you? All right. So I was thinking about this because it's hard for me to answer direct questions like that. <laughs> I don't like to be locked in to one response. I, pre I, let you, I give you a preview. Yeah. I gave you some, some pre like scaffolding. You got the preview. You got some time to browse yep. it. Yep. Okay. And this is kind of where I got with it. Alignment for me has to do with allowing for mobility, allowing for like movement of some kind. It's not necessarily like pieces um, coming together in like a way that I envision them. Sometimes I think it can be about like things resonating with me in a certain way, but ultimately it's it allows me to kind of move, move somewhere with something. Um, and that's about as specific as I think I can be. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. I think, right. I think that's great. And I think one of the things that we have, we used to have different perspectives, but I've gradually shifted over to your side is, you know, like, like goal setting and that mentality of like needing to plan out how many, how you're going to get there. Whereas I think that, that might change 
the how you're, how you're going to get there, where you're going to go as you go through different seasons of life, it might change. For sure. I think that's really fitting that you say it means you can kind of grow and change. Yeah. You know, and I, I love planning. I think my attachment to it is different maybe when I say it than for, for maybe for some other folks. Like I love planning because it kind of gives me an overview of the possibility of where I could be going. And I'm not necessarily attached to only the destinations I can imagine in that moment. Um, and so for alignment, knowing that I'm moving towards like, you know, like I sort of imagine it as like a map and it's like, am I moving towards like East or West? That's really all I need to know <laughs> or yeah. North or South. Like I that's as, that's as kind of as focused in terms of the movement. Um, at least initially that I, as I need to be. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, the next question was, how did you get into your current position and find your passion? You and I talked so much about this, but I guess the word, the, the, the crucial word in that question is current, because like yeah. you just said, alignment means to be able to shift and to move yeah. so for your current passion. So let's say specifically focusing on massage school, massage school, getting there. And I think the real part of this is reminding listeners that your journey towards anything could be really different and windy. And like, how did you get here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a linear traveler. Um, let's see. So I think there are a few different, few different um, catalysts that brought me to massage school in terms of speech speech therapy and like working in terms of like the work influence that piece came from working with primarily young adults you know teenagers approaching the end of high school and people who'd aged out of the educational system who were nonverbal or really profoundly um limp limp you know minimally verbal and whose communication with their body was obviously meaningful. You know, I, like it was so clear that there was something going on with their body, but figuring out what that meant was just so, so impossible because of their limited access, limited success accessing devices or just limited ability to regulate their bodies enough to engage in communication. And seeing that interpreted, that, that sort of difficulty being in their bodies seeing that interpreted as behavior that had meaning behind it um, according to sort of um, an external perspective, you know, that, that seeing someone struggle to regulate and having that be interpreted as an avoidance behavior or a refusal or an escape or attention seeking or all these things that like to varying degrees we attribute to people who aren't able to regulate their bodies like many other people can. And I think when it has been with an individual who's nonverbal, it feels more extreme, but we do the same thing for like little kids who are really wiggly. You know, we give labels to why we think they're behaving that way. Um, when it is disruptive to our adult agendas. Um, so that was, that was sort of the starting point was thinking about ways to 
change that in ways to inform myself about how I could support those individuals and ways to change the way that we approach what that is. Um, and then in exploring that, I think there's also a personal component of just the work that I've done in my own personal development through yoga, through other movement um, modalities, through um, even through like improv and the comedy that I've done, there's a huge embodiment piece to that. It's really hard, really hard to be present and participate in an improv show if you're not in your body. And, um, you know, so all of those different pieces have really increased my awareness of how important that is for me and how much more available I am for like the educational teams that I work with and the individuals that I work with and for myself when I'm really clear about or as clear as I can be about how the, the significance of what I'm feeling in my body. And that takes practice. It's not something that we're really not something that I had really been taught or that had really been modeled for me. And the pace of our lifestyles doesn't really allow for that time to kind of sink in and learn to listen and understand what your body is telling you. And to imagine doing that with, you know, a 19 year old who becomes pretty um, dangerous when they might be dysregulated because of the lack of ability to communicate about what's going on. Um, and to think like, maybe there's another way to address this, you know, and, and it is, I really think that it is still about communication and, and about the body and that there's an overlap there that has really not been sufficiently explored for, for kids and, and individuals who have limited verbal ability. Um, I think that probably encompasses most of it. Yeah. We become the best teachers of what we've learned ourselves or what we've gone through ourselves. For sure. So that makes a lot of sense. You, you and I have talked a lot about how your, your practicing of yoga and the mindfulness, and you've done a lot of work in, in becoming aware of your body and mm -hmm. being in that being in the space. And so being able to become a teacher or somebody who can model that for other individuals. Yeah. And I do think some of that also, some of my um, curiosity about that possibility has come from going other places and seeing what other people do and recognizing that um, we, I feel living and working in a pretty rural state that I forget <laughs> that there's, you know, um, a lot of different things happening around the country um, and world that are, that are um, sort of allow for amplification of the work that we're already doing. And it doesn't mean that it replaces, you know, like becoming a massage therapist doesn't like 
replace me being a speech therapist. But the knowledge that both of those two disciplines bring amplifies the knowledge that each of those disciplines can bring. Um, and I think I had been previously becoming more and more specialized in aspects of our field as speech therapists and reached a point where what I decided I really wanted was not only that specialization, but also um, like more, more cross-pollination, you know, um, so that my skills can really pull from a lot of different places in a, in a, you know, in a way that other people will consider valid. Because if I just use my life experience <laughs> around <laughs> somatic practices, uh, I, I think that um, there is a lot of validity in that. And that is what informs my sort of clinical approach. And for good reasons, and maybe for like exaggerated reasons, you know, having a certification or having like a degree, having a formalized education in something is also really valuable. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. When you think about discovering alignment or, you know, as it's evolving, I guess I want to ask you a question. I had sent you a question about what states do you think are important for discovering alignment, but maybe more importantly, as you've gone through the cycles of figuring out what works for you and what's not working for you, what do you think are the steps for realizing that you're no longer in alignment with something? Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's, it's pretty clear. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do those things. I avoid them. I procrastinate. I, um, come up with all kinds of strategies for um, doing other things. <laughs> um, and when I finally like attempt to engage with this thing that whatever it is that I'm not in alignment with anymore, it just feels like an energy suck. You know, it, it, I feel really tired afterwards. I, um, I have a hard time approaching with like a, mindset of curiosity. Uh, that's a really good um, signal for me when I'm not able to, you know, we all have days where we're like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do this. I want to do the fun thing I want to do. I'm a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even in those moments, I'm able to say like, all right, well, you know, let me, let me refresh my curiosity mindset and see how I can come to this for today and like engaging in what parts of this am I really interested in when that doesn't feel doable on a regular basis. That's the, that's the time for me to step away because I really thrive in places where curiosity and like playfulness and creativity are where I'm tapping into those skills. And if I can't bring those skills because I, I don't feel excited about what I'm doing or if the setting is like, Nope, that doesn't work here. That's, that's a, an unaligned place for me. Yes. Yes. I wrote that down energy suck because I think that's so true. Yeah. And that I, I know we've talked about this and add on your thoughts too. When you are in alignment with something or you have excitement and you're curious about it, your energy level is so much higher. It's so there's like strong energy levels with things that you're excited yeah. about. 
and I feel it differently. You know, when it's something that I'm not excited about, I'll have a lot of tension in my jaw. I'll find myself like rubbing my forehead a lot. I'll feel like uncomfortable, you know, like I need to like, I don't know, squeeze or, you know, be like jump, go jump in cold water. Like there's something that feels like it's stuck. And then when I have those experiences, like what you were just describing, where it is energizing, there's like a, it's like a bubbliness, a buzziness, a sort of like self-generating kind of um, energy that is, is really just about like the, the connection with what, with what's going on. And, you know, that happens in situations when those, those things that I'm excited about might not go anywhere. Like they might not turn into anything, but there's still like energy and resonance behind them. And, um, there's, there's like, um, a sense of it being living. Yes. Something alive. Yes. And I do feel like it all has a purpose, right? Like even if an idea doesn't go like have any specific path, it's all, it's all got a purpose. It's all part of something. Oh yeah. I, if I tried to follow all the ideas that pop into my brain, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere. I'd be so, I'd be spinning around. What is your favorite thing to say to me? I have an idea. And I always respond with, you have an idea? It's funny because when it occurred, when I say that, it feels like the first time, like, this fabulous thing is happening. I have an idea. Yes. And it's so funny to hear feedback from other people that they're like, uh-huh, we know you have ideas. And I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah, I know. Um, you have an idea generating brain. You just see, you see possibility everywhere where we are very similar, but you even see it like, like at a different level. So, <laughs> so I guess, um, what was your question about that? Um, oh yeah. No, the purpose. Um, I think that sometimes the idea generation is just about like getting the gears going, you know, just about the practice of envisioning possibility and, and in maybe a more refined sense, the practice of being able to identify where to really put your energy and where to sort of, I was describing it um, to someone as sort of sitting outside at like a cafe or something and like watching people go by and you're, I will watch people and like observe and sort of, you know, be intrigued by certain things, but I'm not going up to every single person and asking them like, where did you get that really cool bag? Or like, Oh, I love this about your hair or whatever. And it, it's that sort of learning to discern who to approach, learning to discern which idea do you really engage with and, and which ideas are just like people walking by. Yes. Um, You gave me a book. I read a book and I can't think of what the title is right now. That was all about that. They're all about ideas and like um, which ideas to follow and not all ideas. Was it the big magic? Was it Liz Yes, Gilbert? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. She talks about the muse and like when the muse knocks on your door, you know, you have a choice about whether to like invite it in or not. And in that sense, it's more about being open to like allowing the muse to kind of approach you. Um, and I think a lot of it is about recognized choice. You know, I don't have to be overwhelmed by my ideas or there are times where I choose to just let it all kind of flood because that can be a really exhilarating experience too. 
Yes. Ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What would you tell a new grad or someone who is struggling to find their passion in the field? You can also pick an or here. Like what would you tell a new grad or like either one, like either, either, either direction. All right. Well, I'm going to assume for the purposes of this conversation that most new grads are, are probably in their like what mid twenties, assuming that like you went to grad school right after undergrad or pretty shortly thereafter. That wasn't my experience. And so my perspective may be a little different, but, or my experience may have been a little different. I think that that period of time in your life, if, if I had known this about that period of time in my life, I may have made different decisions, but that period of time is such, um, such an important time to take things in. And I think, um, really be not just focused on like coming out of grad school and honing whatever skills you have from, you know, grad school, but like really exploring how those skills connect to other things and what else, how does that, how does that fit into a bigger picture? Because I think that period of time is, is also really about developing a self identity and it's really hard to develop an identity of yourself. If you haven't experienced, if, if your experiences are more limited, limited, your identity of yourself is going to be more limited. And as you gain experiences in life, your self-identity expands or changes, you know, pieces come and go. Um, And so I think it's important to really be open to recognizing that it's like a, an accumulation period and you don't have to, you don't have to have a single answer about like what your passion is or what, or what, you know, what you're certain about. There doesn't need to be any certainty, I guess, (laughs) which is really hard when you come out of grad school and you're like, I need a job. (laughs) I got some student loans to pay off. I'm ready to work. I want to practice things. I'm excited. You know, some people are really excited. Yes. Um, (laughs) But then they start working and then. (laughs) I also, it's overwhelming. The certainty factor. I also think we've talked about this. You also don't need to be certain that you know every answer. You and I have talked Ah, Yeah. A lot of pressure in grad school to know the answers. Yes. (laughs) I will tell you, being in this massage program that I'm in, which is Balanced Massage School of Vermont. It's in Waterbury. It's an incredibly sweet program. It's very small. It's such a dramatically different experience from grad school that idea of perfectionism and knowing all the answers isn't really, it's not, it's not the same. It's a different kind of culture. So I think that's part of why I I have been reflecting on like branching out and developing an awareness of, of how, how other professions operate, how other people operate. I think looking for people in the field and if we're talking about speech therapy, looking for people in the field who are doing things that you think are exciting and they may not be in your area. Mm, they probably won't be in your area since most of the country is not, you know, really, um, there are a lot of rural places in the country. So unless you're in a big city, you're going to look other places and that that is really wonderful. And there's a really rich, there are lots of rich opportunities to connect with others who are, who are looking for the same thing you're looking for. Um, and to not limit yourself to just what's immediately around you. Like that. 
I like that. Are there, is there any last piece of advice that you would, or thoughts or anything as we wrap up our podcast today? Yes, I would say continuing with this new grad theme, but really I think it applies to a lot of people is if you like, I, I can't like describe enough how important reconnecting with things that really are joyful for me has changed how I think about my work. Um, regardless of what kind of work it is, if I'm working with kids or adults or with Danielle on our podcast or like, you know, regardless of the setting, if, if I, you know, not, I, the value of having something outside of work that is energizing to you is, is just so, what's the word, irreplaceable, necessary, healthy, all the above, all the above, yeah, Yeah. you know, it allows for growth, it allows for, um, sort of, possibility you are not just your job you there's so much yeah 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 Yeah. love it leah thank you so much you are the best you're so welcome this was fun everybody's gonna love this all right thanks everybody all right I'm over here giving you a high five or a hug if you're a hugger and a big thanks for listening to another episode of the Align Professional Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to take a screenshot and share it on social media. You can tag me at the Align Professional or at Miss Danielle Kent. Hey, it's me on Instagram so I can see it and share it. I am Danielle Kent on Facebook. I really appreciate you choosing to spend time listening to my podcast, and I really hope you found this episode valuable. I'll see you next week for another episode of The Align Professional.